0: Hello, everyone, and you are listening to Mama, You Got This. The podcast made for moms by a mom. I'm coming to you live. Yes, tonight we have a glass of wine, and it's nothing with this week or today, honestly. Well, I'm not going to lie, this week has been a little stressful, but it's really for the sole purpose that I opened a bottle of wine. Um, a few days ago, and to me personally, I don't know if there's like actually statistics, I don't know, statistics, whatever on it. Um, wine connoisseurs, let me know. But to me, wine only tastes good if you drink it within like the seven days, if less, when you first open it. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that I actually get the goodness of this wine because it is one of my favorites. It's by Sister Creek out in Sisterdale, Texas. Um, this is not an ad at all. It's just really good and it's one of my favorite wines. Um, it's sweet. I'm a very sweet wine and it's a it's a white wine as well. But yes, we're here with our glass of wine tonight. And when I was thinking about the topic I wanted to touch on, I wanted two things kind of popped in my mind and I thought they kind of went together in a sense. Um, the first one, that I want to, that I'm going to touch on is that I guess like loving support maybe is how we'll describe it and then the second part of it will be talking about protection and no not that protection because obviously we're all here right <laughs> listening to this podcast now so apparently we don't know what that is no but just the the protection um that we give as mothers And so starting off with that first topic of the loving support, I always like to share life stories with you guys and just kind of give you an insight in my world. Um, Hopefully, maybe some of you can relate or maybe it makes you feel better or maybe um, it's just something that you're kind of preparing yourself for. I don't know, whatever um, you kind of get out of it. But I always like to share my personal experience And so, to talk about loving support, I do have obviously my little stories. And this one is probably the most recent story that I have told so far um, because it's something that has been going on for the past two weeks. Now, I said earlier on a different podcast, right, that I love my daughter and I brag about her because she was the greatest newborn. Yes, she is. like She is a a toddler and she's a fun toddler. She really is, but she really hasn't been too bad. And so if any of you are out there thinking that I'm perfect, hopefully this story brings that mindset down, obviously. Um, to show you that 100% I am not, because I do not want to ever put out there that false advertisement of, oh my gosh, I'm a perfect mom, and come listen to my podcast because I know everything. No, I know absolutely nothing, and I am okay with that because motherhood is hard, and I don't think anybody has all the answers to motherhood, right, because every kid we have is different, too. But for my daughter, I like I said, I always say how perfect she is. Well, it's not that she's not perfect. It's just that we've been in a in a tough area right now for the past two weeks. Um she usually sleeps all the way through the night, which was a godsend because I am very selfish when it comes to sleep. I have to have sleep. I'm a very light sleeper. Noises, I can't stand noises at nighttime. I'm I'm just very I need my sleep and so when we had her and she did sleep through the night I was like thank you lord (laughs) like because I was so afraid that a lot of me not getting sleep was going to be you know it was going to kind of be bad for me and my mental health and obviously it's something that I might have to work on later with another kid that we might have but I wasn't wanting my first time to start off as a mom to have that negative impact when I already had a negative pregnancy. But now that we have our toddler um, and she keeps growing more teeth, I swear by the day, she's not been sleeping so good. Um, and so, this is a little bit, it's its happened before, but it is a little bit of a different stage that we're currently in um, because... Her being a toddler, she, she is learning how to push boundaries. And I love that she is you know, being independent and trying new things and trying to figure out the world for herself. But I also, like I said, i'm I'm a selfish sleeper and I want my sleep. so i'm I'm also gonna have my boundaries <laughs> that I'm gonna set right, but I'm gonna do them enough to where they meet her boundaries as well. We're gonna find that happy medium. So, with her not sleeping, there's usually two options that we've done in the past that to get her back to sleep. Because once she's up in the middle of the night, she is up. Like, she is screaming her head off. If she is in that crib, it's like the world is ending. Um you know she's just screaming. Nothing will help her. Nothing will soothe her. rocking her won't h- help. um there have been several times to where I have fully rocked her back to sleep, like she was basically dead weight right like she I could move her arms and she would do nothing, anything like that. The minute that her back touched that crib mattress, mm she was up again, and she was screaming, so I've tried okay, I've tried rock- rocking her. I've tried doing all that stuff and that it, it doesn't work. Um, so there's usually two things that we would do in the past that would work. The first one is co-sleeping. We have co-slept before. We've co-slept with her majority um, majority of when she was a newborn, anything like that. I get it. If you are not a fan of co-sleeping, if you don't like it, if if it just kind of makes you upset, you're totally entitled to that opinion. And I, I love that you have a different opinion from mine, right? That's what makes so many relationships great. It's just being able to know that we have different views, we come from different backgrounds, and just still being able to, you know... Be friends and have each other in each other's lives. So, if that's not for you, I totally get it. But co sleeping has always helped us, it's always worked for us. Um, I'm a very light sleeper, like I said. And so, when we do co sleep, I'm in a weird sleep. I get enough sleep, but it's just, it's different to where I'm still in that light sleep. To where if I do hear something, I'll wake up and immediately, you know, if I hear her start crying or anything, I get freaked out and I'm like, oh my gosh, is she okay? And so co-sleeping has never been a problem. And so we'll try that. However, because she is getting older, she's also learned that she can fight sleep, um, which is obviously not fun for us, but super fun for her. Um, she has what we call monkey toes, um, super, super long toes. She can do a lot of things with them, like pick stuff up, you know, just grab things with her toes and anything like that. She's starting to learn all that. Um, and it comes from her father. <laughs> and so sometimes when we try to co-sleep with her at this age, she will start kind of kicking us and she'll wiggle her, wiggle her toes. And so it's kind of like she's trying to tickle us with her feet. But she'll do those things because she's learning how to fight that sleep. And so it'll make her laugh um, when she does that to us. Or she'll just kind of start, um, the weirdest thing is that she'll put her head all up, all the way against our wall and just like hit her head slightly on the wall to where it's just like, boom, boom, boom. And we're like, girl, what are you doing? And she'll just start laughing because she's just trying to fight not going to sleep. And so that hasn't been working as, as well anymore. The next option that we'll usually do is one of us, and I will say that it is usually my loving husband because he can run off of two hours of sleep. So yes, he'll be tired, but he's a lot easier to work with if he doesn't get sleep versus me but usually um one of us um majority of the time my husband will take our daughter when she wakes up in the middle of the night to the living room and we'll turn on some type of show um if it's for her it'll be like bluey she loves bluey and we do too it's pretty cute um but if it's something we can also sometimes turn on stuff for us to watch ourselves and so we'll usually do the office or stuff like that um and when we turn on those shows, she'll. it depends on her night. If she's still super, super tired right when we get her out of her crib, um, then she'll easily go back to sleep and she'll, we'll just sleep on the couch with her. Or if she's not going to sleep as easy, she'll usually just sit out there, watch TV for a little bit. And then she'll eventually kind of doze off into a sleep to where she's just super, super, you know, like I said, dead weight. She, You can literally move her around and she will be so out um, so those are the two things that usually work. Uh, but when it's those weekdays, right, um, kind of like it is this these past few days and usually when it, I feel like weekdays are the most when she actually wakes up um, and we have to get to work early, we have to wake up, we actually have to do things the next day, you know, it's a lot harder to do those two options uh, when it does take her forever to fall back asleep. And we actually recently found a third option about two weeks ago. And my husband and I have sadly been resulting to this third option because it immediately gets her back to sleep. And at the end of the day, that's all I want sometimes. (laughs) And so the third option that we found that works is we'll go in there. You know, we'll give her her pacifier. She does use a pacifier at nighttime. We'll kind of put her blanket over her. She has a little, one of those little lovey, like blanket stuffed animal things. It's a puppy. So we just call it puppy. So we give her her little puppy. And then she'll kind of watch us for a little bit. And she might start to whine or she might just lay there. Now, if she just lays there and you try to leave, she will be screaming immediately when she sees you walk out the door. But what we recently learned is if we lay on her floor and if we sleep on her floor she will go back to sleep and sleep the rest of the night until the morning. And so is this ideal? <laughs> no. Is this the best sleep I've gotten in my whole entire life? Definitely not. Definitely not at all. But it's it's sleep, you know. At the end of the day I'm like I will choose my battles and you know, a hurting neck in the morning because I slept on my daughter's floor. I will take that. Right. And so we've been kind of telling people this um, throughout the past few weeks. And when we say, when we tell people that we have been sleeping on our floor, we get the ugliest look sometimes like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Like you gotta, you gotta stop doing that. She's gonna expect that every night, blah, 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 blah. Listen, this is where this topic of that loving support or whatever you want to call it, comes in. Maybe even the the phrase unconditional positive regard, kind of, in a toddler's view. But I am an overthinker and an overanalyzer. I think about worst case scenarios all the time. You can ask my husband. He hates it. Just because I always prepare. We literally had a conversation this past week of, I told him my plans for if he ever dies. <laughs> and so, I literally do. I plan everything just because my mind has to be mentally prepared for things or else I don't know if I'll be able to make it through. Um, I know I'd be able to make it through, but, you know, mentally I have to just prepare myself sometimes for those things because I just don't want to be shocked or anything. And I know how life goes. We're, you know, we're born, we live our life and then one day we do die. And so I just want to be prepared, right? And so I do have those worst case scenarios in my head. I do think about, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? And in every single scenario where I think about those things, I never think about how I'm going to look back one day and say, oh my gosh, I wish I didn't sleep on my daughter's floor. I'm never going to do that. What I am going to say is, oh my gosh, I wish I would have cuddled her more. I wish I would have made more messes with her instead of trying to clean up her mess. I wish I would have just taken the time to... Spend those days with her just putting rocks on slides. I don't know. She does some weird stuff, you know. But I'm never gonna look back and say, wow, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I'm gonna look back and say, wow, I wish I would have done more of this. And so that's that's my reasoning for a lot of things. And I know that a lot of people don't think that's a good reason. And again, you're entitled to your own opinion, and I value your opinion. But that's my opinion too, is that I do a lot of things because I want my daughter to know that she's supported. I want to spoil my daughter, because it's okay to spoil them just a little bit, obviously. It's not like I'm going to give her every single thing she asks for, even when she's, you know, being a jerk and telling me she hates me, everything like that. No, I'm, but I am going to spoil her. I want her to know that at the end of the day, I love her, and these are the moments that we're going to cherish together, right? These are the moments that I'm going to look back on, that she's going to look back on, and be able to have these beautiful memories of us, um, you know, and maybe one day if it does happen when she's older, right. And maybe she tells her friends like, wow, you know, I remember when my mom would sleep on my floor just, <laughs> just because it made me feel more comfortable. I'm okay with that. And I'm okay. If I look silly to her, or silly to anybody else, but at the end of the day, I love my daughter and she knows that I love her. And that's really what matters to me. Now with this idea Moving into the, sec- the kind of like the second topic I mentioned of protection. I love my daughter. I would do anything for her. I'm going to protect her however and whatever that means. But another realistic thought that I always have to tell myself is I can do everything and anything to protect her and sometimes that still won't be enough. And I hate saying that out loud. I hate, I hate that realization, but it's true, right? When our, when our children are first being born or not born, but when our children are first being made in our womb, majority of the time, right, our wombs are the safest place. Sometimes our wombs aren't even the safest place, depending on what's going on uh, with your pregnancy, with your uterus, anything like that. But in the womb, there's a lot more that we can control for them, for keeping them safe. We can take our prenatals. We can drink tons of water. We can eat healthy. We can not drink. We can not smoke. We can do all these things that could potentially help the pregnancy and help our baby. Now, there are some times, right, where things are just going to happen. And that's sadly just kind of how it is sometimes. But for the most part, we have a lot more control. Now, once our baby is born we immediately lose that control. We immediately have all these outside factors that come in that honestly we can't control. And it frightens me so much. And I don't want to like bring this episode down or anything and turn it into a dark mood. But what I want this podcast to be is real. And I don't want us to just sit here all the time and only focus on, you know, oh, you think that you suck at your mom, but you're great, right? I also want us to focus on those real topics. And this is something that's very real to me. I do have anxiety and I I will physically have anxiety attacks and panic attacks sometimes that are brought up just because I'm thinking and I'm overthinking and I'm overanalyzing and I'm thinking about the worst case scenarios for my daughter. And they frighten me. And a lot of this does come from that sec, i i had a secondary trauma um trauma that kind of boosted a lot of this um these feelings uh before i was a mom and it might have just been because i i wasn't really a mom yet but before i was a mom i didn't really think about this stuff as much um statistically because i am a lot into statistics i work in the mental health field so i know a lot of these statistics too but statistically the ones that are going to more than likely, if it ever happens, hurt your child or do something bad, whatever that means, are going to be family members or close friends. It's going to be someone that that child trusts. And I remember being in college and having to go through a training for that um, because I was an interim children's pastor. And I knew that statistic and it didn't really change anything about my mindset. But then when I became a mom, that statistic wrecked my world. And I'm not even gonna lie, guys, like sitting here having to talk about it and think about it now brings up so much more anxiety too. And it makes it almost brings tears to my eyes. And I'm I'm a lot more emotional since I have my daughter, but I'm usually not as an emotional person. But it's scary. I have anxiety to where we we do go to church and we're in the process of kinding, um, kind of finding like a church home. And we think we found one we like, but my husband also gets paid to play at different churches for drums. Um, and so we've been kind of traveling to other churches a lot too. And I can tell you that my daughter is getting close to 18 months and she has only stayed in childcare in in a church once. Uh, and it, it's because of that secondary trauma. It's because of that that fear that I have of, I don't know who you are. Like, I don't want you touching my daughter. I don't want you changing her. I don't want you looking at her in any type of way because I don't know you. And again, that goes back to that statistic of, I know that they're less likely versus someone that I already know, but it's still so scary because I want to do everything and anything to protect her. Now, some people might say that's a little extreme and I get that. Again, you're entitled to your own opinion, but it's just a lot of how I want to protect my daughter and how I want to keep her safe. And it just frightens me. And I even get anxiety sometimes when I hear that a male in the family was helping watch her. If um, I had to go to work or my husband had to go into work and um, I was doing something else. Right. Uh, When we hear back, if we hear, well, if I hear, if I hear any type of, Oh yeah, like, um, they were home today and so they helped watch her and she had a few dirty diapers and anything like that, I immediately get anxious because I'm just having all those thoughts of, I want to protect her and there's only so much I can do when I'm not there with her, right? But that's that realization I have to have. And I honestly, I want to know from all of my my mom friends that have sons, I want to know if you have these same feelings. And I know that you probably do for a lot of the protection and stuff, and I know statistically, right, um, guys and males and general boys, the statistics are pretty high um, for a lot of different things of abuse, um, whether it's mental, physical, sexual, anything like that. It does happen. Um, it's just less reported because of that stigma around that, and so. I, I want to know, though, to all my mom friends that have sons, do you have the same fear? Do you? Because all I know is a daughter and I am terrified for her because I don't want anybody looking at her the wrong way. I don't want anybody saying anything to her the wrong way. I don't want them touching her. I want to keep her as safe as I possibly can. But I also have to realize that if anything does happen, I can have done any, everything in my ability and that thing can still happen. And it's hard. And I think that just, we have to remind ourselves that we're human. And it goes back to that loving support of when we do over have these scenarios, right? When we do think of worst case, anything like that, and we realize, okay, I can't protect them from everything, but I will do all of that in my ability to protect them from everything and anything. We also have to realize that when we can't do those things, when something does happen, we have to make sure that we're being there with that loving support. Like we are now with our toddlers, with our newborns, with our little babies, right? And I know that we're probably going to do that. And um, I'm still young and my only child is just about getting close to 18 months. And so I don't, you know, I know that a lot of people have those feelings and everything. It's just something that I have to keep reminding myself of. I know we're not perfect in this world. And I know us moms, we are freaking beasts. We're superheroes. We can do a lot of amazing things that we don't even know we're capable of. But at the same time we're we're human we're flesh and we have to just we have to make we have to make that realization sometimes and so it sucks right because i hate saying this out loud and i hate that this is something that's in my mind constantly of i want to do everything i can to protect her but i know i can't at the end of the day and it, it frightens me it really really does but to kind of get it back on a positive note before we end I think it's important that we just take in these moments and even though that our children are always going to be our little babies to obviously not always treat them like they're our babies because they're going to get older and they're going to grow, but have those playful moments with them. Have those times where even when they're older and you are so uncool and nobody wants to hang out with us, right? Because we're older now and nobody wants to be around us. Find those little moments. Find those little little moments for you to be able to say, you know what? I had a crappy day, but this made up for it. Try to find the beauty in a lot of those things that might seem stressful, right? Of your child just painted your whole wall. They just colored all over the floor and you're not sure how you're going to get it off. Find the little moments of, instead of thinking it that way, think about it as, wow, she is exploring her creativity. She's exploring her mind. She's exploring all these different things, right? Try to find those things. It's hard, especially, but I feel like if we always focus on the bad, if we always just focus on those uncontrollable factors and all those things that do happen that give us that anxiety. If we focus on only those things, then honestly, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough time. It's going to be so tough, right? And it's going to drain us. It's going to mentally and physically drain us so much. And so do that protection, continue to protect, but also realize that it's okay to spoil, It's okay to love on your child. It's okay to go to that extra extent and sleep on their floor because that's what makes them feel safe. And I think that's something that's important to just remind ourselves of. Even when we've had a tough day because our toddler doesn't want to listen to us and they keep taking off their diapers several times and maybe they accidentally pooped in one, right? Mm, Yeah, good times. They're figuring things out. She's learning how to be independent. She's trying to learn on how she's not going to need me anymore and that's amazing. She's learning on creativity. She's learning how to dress herself. She's learning how to eat and it's a little messy. She's learning how to cook. She's learning how to do all these things. And it truly is beautiful. And it truly is wonderful. And so at the end of the day, if you are having one of those weeks to where you just feel like nothing's going right and if you feel like There's so much going on in this world and there's so much negative around you. I challenge you to find something today, tomorrow, whenever, this week, to just be able to take a step back and say, wow, you know what? This is so beautiful because at the end of the day, they're still our babies and we're going to be there for them, whether we say we're not going to or not, right? Whether we say that, oh, I would never do that eventually at one point we do. I always said that I would never (laughs) co-sleep. And it is literally what we did majority of her newborn and just baby stage up until she was finally sleeping in her crib. And that's okay because I look back at those moments and I love and I already miss those cuddles. And so challenge yourself to just find those moments. Challenge yourself to focus on the positive that happened. Because at the end of the day, we're not perfect. But, Mama, you got this. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, If there's ever a topic or something that you want to ask me, something you want me to touch on, anything like that, I would love to hear your guys' feedback. Um, You can email me at MamaYouGotThisTeam at gmail.com. Or if you do have, um, if you know me in person, you can always reach out to me and just have that personal contact as well. Cause I would love to hear from you guys because a few of you do listen to this and I would love just to get that feedback and be able to make this better, be able to make this something that, um, maybe I can get more people on anything like that, but I love you moms. Y'all freaking rock. Y'all are rock stars and don't stop being so great. So guys, go out, get this week, and then I will see you next week.